Talk quickly about uh, Russia, Ukraine, and farming in America. Has the situation over there impacted you and your operation at all? I, I mean, obviously, with energy prices, that's kind of the big one. And all the other stuff is kind of up in the air. Okay. Uh, one, th- one thing is just like with uh, wheat, the ag secretary a few weeks ago came out and for, for the United States and basically said, uh, you know, because we get most of our wheat from Ukraine that, well, now we're going to have to raise more. And well, a lot of that crop is already planted. So you can't really just wave a magic wand and expect to, you know, get more bushels. But well, that's well, yeah, that's interesting to me. It, did I understand you correctly that the United States gets the vast majority of its wheat from Ukraine? We don't even grow I, our own wheat. We, no, we, no, we grow a lot of our own wheat, but we do get a lot from Ukraine too. Okay, so that was okay. kind of the big thing is just to to subsidize that, you know, but. But yeah, don't don't mistake that as they raise most of it for us. We just get a lot of wheat from Ukraine. I sure. don't remember exact figures, but well, and and it's I feel very badly for the uh, agricultural community in Ukraine. They won't be able to get their product out of the country. Never mind all the way to the United States. To some degree, maybe, but uh, uh, I feel badly for them. In the meantime, in the United States, will the market, the wheat market here, simply change uh, directions and buy wheat from? Other farmers in America, instead of sending our wheat overseas, will just buy it and keep it here? For sure. I want to touch on a couple of things. I don't know how bad you feel. You have to feel about the, the Ukrainian farmers. I, I don't know if it was a fake or, or actual YouTube video, but there's a video of a Ukrainian farmer taking his tractor and hauling a Russian tank around. So oh. <laughs> just, keep, just keep that in mind. All right, but, good. Uh, they still have but, a sense of the, humor. Yeah, but the thing with uh, with wheat, I mean, basically all our wheat is is winter wheat that we raise in the United States. Okay. So that was that was planted last fall. So we can't really change per se what we're going to get for bushels now. But um, you know, there, there's annual wheat you can plant. You know, it's a soft right. red wheat. So I I mean, and like I said last last month, the agriculture stuff is such a sponge market. If one country doesn't have something, somebody else is able to kind of pick up the slack. So, well, and I wouldn't see it being a huge issue. It was just kind of ironic that he would come out and, you know, basically saying that we control what we get for bushels of wheat per year. Because well, I, I mean, Mother Nature has the complete control, biggest biggest control. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, Mitch, can can uh, U.S. farmers that are growing a winter wheat, as you correctly pointed out, we can't grow more because it's already uh, in the ground, but can we control where it goes instead of shipping it to somewhere else? Can we simply keep it and buy it and keep it? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, that's, so that's that's a, that's a big thing, and that's why I see a lot of that's going to just shift where it's going. Right. Right. And we'll we'll change countries that we're you know getting stuff from now. Awesome. Uh, uh, how did GMOs fit into your your farm? You've got a smaller operation, but I'm guessing that. Uh, there are an awful lot of people concerned about what they're eating. So the the biggest thing I w- that I want to stress with, like, GMOs is I feel like they get a really bad stigma. Now, we don't do anything really with conventional crops. So, like, we don't have any corn, soybeans. We have pasture, we have hay, and we have our cows. Right. And so, so it doesn't really affect us, but I just want to 
you know, put some things to bed about people thinking that uh, the GMOs are so bad. You know, any time you take even something as simple as, like, your dogs, okay, people have bred dogs for years to have certain characteristics, traits, colors, whatever. Well, you, you've genetically modified that now. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. You know what I mean? That's not the yep. original breed or makeup or genetics. So, you know, you, you put the same thing into, like, agriculture stuff. There's a lot of good stuff that you can do. You know, for instance, just, you know, put it, putting different vitamins and, you know, making stuff more protein-rich. So in countries, you know, third-world countries especially that have issues, you know, with uh, health and stuff like that, you can improve your food quality by changing the genetic makeup of it. Sure. You know, I don't see that being a, you know, a drawback or something something bad with GMOs. Well, and that's good to know that uh, uh, science and farming can get along. It's not all scary and going to kill you. In the meantime, you're going to have a good weekend, Mitch? Well, it's supposed to be wet, so hopefully we don't float away, but otherwise right. we'll be all right. Just looking out the window, waiting to get back in that field when it's dry, which you're right, won't be this weekend. Mitch Fenske, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Mitch is a farmer in Mindoro. Hi, I'm Ken Cooper, host of the podcast Around River City. I've got an invitation for you to listen in to my conversations with the people that make it so cool to live in and around River City. Subscribe at aroundrivercity.com or anywhere you get your podcasts.